3: What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. I, unfortunately, am not joined by my co-host, Ross Uglum, tonight. Ross just so happens to be at the NCAA Men's Championship game tonight. I know that Ross really wanted to be here recording tonight. Uh, but he just had those obligations, and I know he was dragged to that championship game, just kicking and screaming. He probably would much rather be here with us tonight. Uh, but Ross, we hope you're having a good time at the game, buddy. Uh, tonight, or today, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this podcast, some really exciting stuff to talk about today. We actually have been doing our draft breakdown series on Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, DK Metcalf is on the menu for today. He obviously is the wide receiver from Ole Miss University, and so we're going to talk about him in just a moment. Ross actually was kind enough to send a a voice recording of himself talking about DK Metcalf, so we still will get our Ross fix today. Uh, but just to break down what we're going to talk about on today's episode, obviously we got DK Metcalf, uh, Cole Madison is in the news, and then. QB1, he had some things to say today, and those things are worth talking about, and so we are going to do that. So we're going to talk about what Aaron Rodgers had to say in regards to the Tyler Dunn Bleacher Report article that came out recently. Um, But before we get into any of that stuff, let's get DK Metcalf in. Um, He's a guy that is really intriguing, and Ross, like I said, he sent me a four-minute clip um, of just him breaking down DK Metcalf. So without any further ado, let's just jump right into that.
2: All right, so the topic of discussion today is DK Metcalf, uh, who I really think is a just a really interesting study kind of in how we all react to the pre-draft process and, and sort of um, the way that we deal with prospects as a whole. DK was, uh, before the combine, my number one ride receiver. And then as the Combine started, uh, uh, Metcalf really put some incredible, incredible numbers um, up and was even approaching uh, potentially, just from a, like an RAS perspective, Calvin Johnson, which would be uh, basically the top tester in the history of the Combine. Then when it got time for the uh, for the agility drills, uh, it, it did not go very well. Metcalf still ended up with an RAS well above 9 but it seemed to really shift almost the entire conversation about him. And, uh, you know, you've got guys now that say, well, he's a workout warrior. Uh, he's, a, he's a bust. Um, you know, you have to be able to change direction in the NFL. And I think, you know, especially as uh, time went on and he improved on those numbers of his pro day, I think you just need to go back to the film. Because what, what these testing numbers should do is disqualify guys. You can't disqualify Metcalf. Um, you know, kind of based on, on what you saw from from him from a testing perspective. If anything, he's still an elite, elite level athlete. And, and I just think uh, does so many things extremely, extremely well. In the open field, um, just a monster. I think, you know, almost a Terrell Owens type of guy as far as what he does when the football uh, is, is in his hands. And he does an excellent job, I think, uh, tracking the ball as well, he is a legitimate, legitimate deep threat, whether it's on a nine um, or a post. He's, he's pretty good. The one thing that I, you know, bugs me a little bit is just kind of the way that he catches the football. I'm not sure he's a consistent high pointer um, of the ball. He will jump and then almost basket catch it, like sometimes a Randy Moss uh, would do, which, of course, is not a uh, you know, you're not going to, uh, you know, that's certainly not going to be a negative if I'm comparing you to Randy Moss. But the uh, the one thing that I, I do like about the way that he catches the ball, even though he's not necessarily always attacking, not necessarily uh, highlighting, high pointing the ball are late hands. And, and late hands are key, um, especially on, on deep and intermediate routes, because then you're not giving away uh what what what's going on to the defensive backs. Defensive backs are trained and taught that when your eyes go up and your hands go up, now they need to start playing the ball. He has extremely, extremely late hands, um, is very, very good against press coverage, a lot of that having to do with his mammoth size and his extreme uh strength. But you're you're gonna see a number of things that, that he he does well as far as route running. Um every aspect of his game is very, very physical, and I just think that that Terrell Owens comp uh, makes makes a ton of sense. He's a he's a good, if not necessarily great, red zone receiver, but I think it, you know, really has a chance to be a true, true number one guy.
3: Again, that was Ross Uglum breaking down DK Metcalf. Um so some points that Ross made that I really agree with. One is that he's kind of an interesting evaluation just because the production was a little bit down at Ole Miss. He was never really able to stay fully healthy while at Ole Miss. But when we talk about athletic numbers, there were concerns about his agilities. But the thing that really kind of irks me is with the agilities, those are your short shuttle and your three-cone drill. And the thing about those is just because you don't have a great three cone or a great short shuttle short shuttle, that's not necessarily telling me that you can't run a full route tree. Now where DK thrives is kind of in the upper tier of that route tree, that seven, eight, and nine, you know, getting vertical. That doesn't mean he can't make a nice speed cut. He absolutely can. And then so with those agilities, like Ross was kind of indicating, it's a disqualifier. And at the combine they were like pretty bad his pro day not so much his pro day he was just more average and so really what that should do for you is is tell you okay so let's go back and look at the tape his agilities don't look great in the in the shorts at the combine but can he change directions on the field can he make that you know can he stop his body weight completely snap his hips around turn around it the other way. So an example might be like a comeback or a curl. And the thing about DK Metcalf is when you watch the film, he runs those really well. So that's something that doesn't necessarily concern me like at all, actually. And so he, he's a guy that just is just a freak show of an athlete. Uh, I mean, he was a four, three athlete, 40 plus inch vertical. Uh, You know, the production wasn't great. He only had 26 receptions for 569 yards last year and five touchdowns. Uh, The thing about DK Metcalf that's kind of cool to me too, though, is he has those NFL bloodlines. His father and grandfather both played in the NFL. Um, Both of them were NFL linemen. So you can kind of see where DK Metcalf gets his, you know, freak show type frame and body that he kind of has. He's a big dude. Uh, Both his, you know, his lineage is basically NFL offensive linemen. And so he's kind of condensed that into an NFL wide receiver. But some things that really stick out to me about DK Metcalf, his feet at the line of scrimmage are just absolutely filthy. I mean, he's got such a rare combination of size and speed um, that he's going to be really difficult to press at the NFL level. He's got strong hands, too. And so he's he's a guy that when a receiver is playing six, seven, eight yards off of him and they're giving him a little bit of a cushion, he absolutely just eats that cushion up in a hurry he gets on that defensive back so 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 quickly that i mean so quickly that their head's spinning and so he's he's a guy that i think could excel early in the nfl if he gets a chance just because his release is borderline special at this point in time now would i like to see more time more of him doing it sure of course i think everyone would Um, but as a projection that's where i think he could do really well right away Um, he's super smooth at the top of his routes, uh, which basically just means when he's at the top of his, his breaks, he's just very smooth in and out of them. And he's a guy that can create separation through that, um, has all the tools to be a number one NFL wide receiver. Uh, some things that I think, uh, kind of, he might struggle with at the NFL. Now he's not a very seasoned guy. He's not exactly, you know, the type of guy that you typically would take in the top fifteen because you want that production to be there with the traits. He's got all the traits in the world, but the production is not there. I mean, it's just, it's not. You know, he was either hurt or young. I mean, he's like a, he's gonna be like a twenty-year-old rookie. Um, so how he would fit with the Packers too? I'll just say this and move on from DK. DK Metcalf. Is a projection. He is a guy that you are swinging for the fences on. 100%. Okay. So he's the type of person, though, that if you hit on a DK Metcalf, and I do not say this lightly because Green, the Green Bay has had some fantastic wide receivers in the last 30 years, he could be a guy that legitimately could be something the Green Bay Packers have never had at the wide receiver position. Just the way he is built, his athleticism, his upside is legit. Like uh, uh, Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, Julio Jones. He could be that type of wide receiver at the NFL level. And I think that's why NFL teams are so intrigued with him. And that's why I think he's going to go early. Now, without the production, he's an interesting guy because how early can he go? how early and when and and is he gonna be there at 12 and if he is at 12 who else is on the board for the packers to look at could dk metcalf be an nfl i mean could be could he be a green bay packer at 12 yeah, maybe maybe not i don't know that's a tough one to say uh just because i could see him going way before that and i could see him being available and even if is even if he is available who else will be there that's something that's going to get talked about on and on and on um but moving on from DK Metcalf, two other stories that were really in the news today. One, Cole Madison, uh, who a lot of people had written off just kind of as a guy that really just, you know, he didn't play his, his rookie year because he had the off-field stuff. And if if you want to take a look at that, it's actually, it's, it's a really sad story. You know, he had some personal stuff in his life that he had to get together. Um, a lot of it had to do with the death of his former teammate who unfortunately took his own life when he was at uh, Washington State. And so Cole Madison was kind of dealing with that. And there's probably a lot more of that story that will come out. So essentially he took the entire rookie year off just to kind of figure things out. The Packers stuck by him. And today when they opened their first you know off-season training activities, he was there. And so what does that mean for the Packers? Uh, you know, last year if he would have played he very well could have been their starting right guard about mid, mid-season uh, because either he was really good or just because, honestly, guard play was that bad for the Packers last year. But you look at the Packers' interior offensive line now, and all of a sudden you have this young, um, you know, this young guy with a lot of potential to play guard. He was, of course, just a fifth-round pick, so he's not... Someone that I think they should be relying on to do that. But he's a really nice depth piece in there. And so now they have guys. you know, They have Billy Turner that they signed in free agency. They have Cole Madison, who's essentially a rookie. Uh, they have guys like Alex Light. Uh, they have guys that could still develop like, like you know, Justin McCray could still develop. Uh, Lucas Patrick could still develop. So they have a lot of talent there. And they really just need one of those guys to kind of rise and kind of take that job. Um, and on top of that, I would be surprised if the Packers didn't walk away with another offensive line pick, offensive lineman picked in this year's NFL draft. So that kind of went from a position of uncertainty, and make no, make no bones about it, there's still some uncertainty to that position. But the Packers really have some options there now. And if you're a gambling man, you would put money on one of those guys being able to develop into a solid NFL starter. So uh, really pleased that Cole Madison was able to... Uh, continue you know his his path to being an NFL player that he was able to you know hopefully deal with some of those personal issues that he had and and was able to kind of you know find peace with that and be able to start his NFL career so that he'll be a really interesting guy uh, to watch this NFL offseason um, I'm I'm rooting for him I think as Packer fans we should all be rooting for him he's got a really interesting story and uh, hopefully he can uh, get that all on track the the last thing that I really want to talk about today is Aaron Rodgers had an interview with, you know, ESPN Milwaukee's Jason Wildy and, and Mark Tauscher today. It's available to listen to. If you go to ESPN Milwaukee's website, it's there. If you, if you do any podcasts or anything, it'll be available. It's about a 26-minute long video, basically, of Aaron Rodgers firing back you know, kind of at the comments that were made about him in the Tyler Dunn's bleacher report article. And if you were have been living under a rock these last few days, basically the bleacher report article, uh, was, you know, Greg Jennings was in it. Of course, Jermichael Finley was in it. Of course, basically kind of just dogging on, uh, Aaron Rodgers and in his leadership ability, kind of just how he handles himself within the organization, uh, his relationship with Mike McCarthy, what that looked like, why that was dysfunctional. all I mean, basically everything we've heard the last three, four years, um, they basically just kind of put their name on it and said, no, this is happening. I know it. And I'm Greg Jennings, by the way. So you should be listening to everything I say. Um, so Rodgers had a chance to fire back today. And I just want to read some of the things that he said. I mean, this was really his chance to kind of, come back and say, hey, this is me defending myself. So it's really admirable, I think, for Aaron Rodgers to come out and, and kind of do this stuff because when you think about Aaron Rodgers, he typically just is not the type of guy that really comments on this type of stuff. He's very – I mean, he, he'll say it himself, he say to himself, he wants to keep stuff in-house. And so when you get guys that come out and kind of make these accusations – it's it's interesting because I think all the things that we've heard in the past, there might be some validity to it. Aaron Rodgers might be kind of a sensitive guy. He might be kind of hard to work with. That's that's very sure. I I if you you could convince me of that. In fact, I've heard plenty of people close to the situation say things such as that. But what, where I think they crossed the line in this article was when they started talking about, you know the whole mark murphy thing the the comments about how mark murphy had to tell aaron not to be a problem and how he you know just gets on the rookie wide receivers and almost sets them up for failure and then you have other people chiming in and saying well that's not how michael jordan led that's not how tom brady led all you know all this this and that and it's just kind of exhausting to to even hear about And what Aaron basically came out and said today, which I really applaud him for, is basically saying what a lot of people on Twitter that are Packers fans have said the last couple days too. Why should we buy into something that Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings have said? I mean, these are two guys that have an ax to grind with Aaron. I mean, it was no mistake that Jermichael was never really good buddies with Aaron when they were here. You know, if you remember correctly, Jermichael was very much like a freestyle route runner, a guy that didn't really fit into, you know, a rhythm type passing offense because he didn't always do what he was supposed to do. And so, I'm sure Rodgers let him know that. And also, Jermichael Finley was a good player, so he was really prideful. I could totally see how they would clash. Um, there are two guys that want to be great. Rogers wants him to do one thing, Jermichael is just kind of saying I'm, I'm I do me, this is how I do it. If you want to throw me the ball, go for it and I'm going to make plays. Like I I get that. You know, pass catchers can be divas in that sense. So when you talk about an Axe to grind, you know, those two guys never really got along in the first place. And Rogers really came out today and basically called them out saying, you know, where was where was I when this stuff of the leadership was being questioned? You know, I think the the comment was I I have my locker was 15 feet away from yours. Why would you not come and talk to me while you're in the building? You know, he called kind of called Jermichael out on saying, you know, was was I being a bad leader when I was in your hotel room Saturday nights talking about route concepts, talking about checks that I'm wanting to make to benefit you basically, Jermichael, to help you be successful to help this team be successful. Where you know, was he being a bad leader when he showed up at the hospital when he suffered that really unfortunate neck injury? You know, was he being a bad teammate when he checked in with him later just to make sure everything was going well? Um, I don't know. You know, those are things I wasn't I wasn't there, I can't tell you. The thing with Greg Jennings that I think a lot of people forget about is I don't think he has just an axe to grind with Aaron Rodgers. I think he has an axe to grind with the entire Packers organization. If you remember how he left the Packers organization, it was kinda weird just because you know they offered him a i think and I don't know if these numbers are exact, but they offered him a contract of like twelve million a year or something something like a really nice contract kind of before the last year of his his previous contract expired. and so you know Greg Jennings being kind of you know the confident individual that he is, bet on himself and said, I'm not signing that contract because I basically think I can go out play better and earn a bigger contract now he did not have a good year that gamble that he put on himself did not work out to his advantage he came back The Packers offered him a lower deal than what they did before the season as a team would you know a guy's starting to get older he's starting to let injuries are starting to pile up all that kind of stuff I'm sure his feelings were very hurt by that he ended up signing with the Vikings for less than what the Packers even offered him So there's something going on behind the scenes there with Greg Jennings. And then to top it off, the guy is on Fox Sports Network. Of course, he's trying to, you know, further his career. So he's someone that, you know, I just can't really get on board with. It's interesting to hear that Rodgers, you know, Rodgers talking about how he's had over 100 teammates, ex-teammates and current teammates and scouts, people that have been in the organization basically reach out to him. And just say, hey, man, hey, I'm sorry this is happening to you. This is this is BS. This is not the type of guy you were when I was there. And there's been guys even come out, coming out, you know, on Twitter or, or in any other types of social media, and basically defending Rogers. You know, Devonte Adams has been a huge advocate for Rogers. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Tom Crabtree, Charles Woodson, Julius Peppers, even Ryan Grant, who was in the article, basically came out and had to basically clarified, no, I I love Aaron Rodgers. These are just some things I, I saw when I was there, like talking about the chip on his shoulder and how he plays like that. My thing is the truth of all of this probably is somewhere in the middle. And somewhere in the middle to me would be pretty much a non-story because guys that play at that level, you cannot convince me that there is something a little bit different wired in their brains. I mean, all those guys are. I mean, Tom Brady looks for reasons to be offended, and he uses it as motivation. Aaron Rodgers is the same way. Michael Jordan was the same way. Young guys in the league like Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, those types of guys, you're not going to convince me that they don't look at stuff and try to take it as a slight to get them to elevate their game. I mean, that's just how these guys are wired and built. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers gets dumped on for it, it just doesn't seem really fair to me to him just because, I mean, it's all these people coming out of the woodwork. And you know what? I, I've i been on the record saying Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't do himself any favors. I think he probably does rub some people the wrong way. But I think that ultimately that just comes down to him and he he said it best himself today. He said, I am ultra prepared, I am ultra competitive, I just want to win games. And if you are going to come in to practice into this organization and A, not be ultra prepared, not be ultra competitive, and not be all on board to win games, he probably is going to ride you a little bit. And I don't understand why people don't want your quarterback to be that way. Of course you want your quarterback to be that way. You want him to be a leader. You want him to get in people's ears when they are not doing things or not doing things to, to basically maximize their potential or to reach their you know, reach to give max effort to, to win these games, to win Super Bowls. To say that it, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course he's part of the issue with some of not winning more Super Bowls. Of course he is. He's on the team but he's just one player on the team. This the, the reason the Packers haven't won more Super Bowls is not Aaron Rodgers' fault. It is not Mike McCarthy's fault. It is not any singular, singular player's fault. Um, you can even throw Brian Bostick in there. It's not just his fault. That Seattle NFC Championship game, that was the highlighted moment, but there was about eight other ones in that game with separate guys doing boneheaded things that could have put the game away. I mean... Aaron Rodgers gave them an eleven point lead in that game. What more do you want? That defense was historically good. I think I'm I'm kind of Chris Sims kind of said what I just said. I mean, and and he said that on Bleacher Report, and and you can go back and listen to that too. But he had a he had a really good rant about that himself. And I just don't I just don't get it. It's it's quite quite a way to kick off this new basically off season for the Packers. And I'll just end with this. And I tweeted this today. Something you have to keep in mind is if Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that looks for things to give him motivation, well, guess what? You just gave him one. You That chip on his shoulder just grew three times in size. I mean... I've been saying it this way, and David Bakhtiari said this on air a few months ago. And he basically said, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to bring to the table in 2019? And his response was poetic. He just said, have you seen the movie John Wick? I think that's how he's going to be. And (laughs) I hope so. The second thing that really stands out to me, too. You know, the the national media has basically dumped on Mike McCarthy for the last three years, talking about his lack of creativity, his la- his low football IQ. And so, of course, an anonymous person went ahead and said, yeah, Aaron Rodgers basically thinks that too. He even says that. He says that Mike McCarthy has a low football IQ, which I don't necessarily believe that Aaron Rodgers said that. But even if Aaron Rodgers does think that, if they got rid of Mike McCarthy And let's say he did have a low football IQ. Let's say Mike McCarthy was one of the major issues, just for hypotheticals. Let's say Mike McCarthy is the biggest issue. He's not a good football mind, he's gone. So, what does that mean for the rest of the NFL if the biggest thing holding back Aaron Rodgers is gone? If I'm the rest of the NFL, I'm terrified. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun.
0: Cobb in motion to the left side. Rogers looks it over, gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25, cutting right to the 20.
3: Looks it over, starts to his left Now he moves, starts to the right side Snap to A-Rod Looking downfield, being flushed Rolling left, winds up